Hi, this is Brett Blevins. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. That was absolutely perfect. Dead, You're back, baby. Dead, dead center. Look at that. So yeah, nice. The family's back together after the first time in three weeks. Seriously. First time this month. Yeah. 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 People will be like, what is this? What's going on? Who's this new guy? What's happening? Yeah. It sounds so much better, though. Thank God he's back. And he's back with walkabout. <laughs> My walkabout. Yep. I needed to find myself. <laughs> I was very disturbed go. once I got there. How was the Pepper Show? Did they do good? Did they do a good job? Phenomenal. Very good. Yep. Hard yeah, to believe those guys are sixty. My, yeah, right. Some of my neighbors went, and they seemed to be pretty hyped from the whole thing. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, the, the the coworker, there's a girl who went, and she, um, I guess, she had Snapchatted some of it, and it. There were a couple couple moments where uh, he. I don't want. I mean, I don't know how far away she was really. I mean, she she was trying to show the concert and. Um, I just don't know if it was just the way the sound traveled. Things didn't sound crisp, but it it, it looked like it was a fun time. No, it sounded great. You got to do me a favor. I bumped into a a man on the way out in our mad dash to get to the shuttle, and I swear it was Frankie. I swear it was the Dildonator. So you no got shit. you got to find out if he went because it looked just like him. I was like, I said to my wife, "That's the Dildonator." She goes, "What the hell are you talking about?" Dildonator. You know a person named Dildonator? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, everybody. You don't? Yeah. <laughs> How could you not? It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 810. Gang's all back together. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I'm so glad you're back. And I'm also David A. Price. I uh, read your mind because I can say that's true, for I am Kid Omega, but you can call me Quentin. Okay, Quentin. Quentin. You're not Quentin or Kid Omega. You're Jason Wood, everybody. A lot of X books came out this week, by the way, but whatever. Um, all together again, and we like to thank, we have a target for our accolades, and that is our patrons. We thank them because they are there for us each and every day. And uh, 11 o'clock, no, patreon.com. I'm getting a little rusty, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. Slash. 11 o'clock comics, one, one, no apostrophe. We give back to our patrons for, for, in a sense, sponsoring us. No, it's definitely a sponsorship. We give them every day something. Uh, currently we're doing audio. You get the bonus episode each month, which is three to six hours of stuff that nobody else gets to hear. You get images. There's covers every day. There's pages every day. Lately we, I've been given uh, complete fanzines. You could download yeah. them every love day, it. right? I have a bazillion of them, so I thought, share the love, right? And Jason does videos and polls, and you get to give your uh, opinion on what we should do for the book of the month. And last but certainly not least, this is top of the stack. It's the dedicated Slack channel where we gather all day, every day, and just talk about everything. So if you would like to get your foot in the door and become family, come to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. We would love to have you. 
and that's my boy jumping and barking upstairs. Aww. Mm. Yeah, there you go. So hopefully you read a crap ton of comics while you were in Mexico. Uh, I read zero comics in Mexico. Damn, dude. No, what I'm doing is I'm reading the entirety of R.A. Salvatore's uh, Drizzt uh, series. And there's I mean, forty. Ooh, there's forty three books. No, it doesn't. There's forty three books. <laughs> oh my god! For, for, yes, you're reading forty three novels. Do you know? Okay. Um, and a the lot, average a lot, vince, a lot of quiet vince for the next few months. No, the average page count is like <laughs> three hundred. Oh, they go down like candy. The average page count is like say three twenty. They're not. They're not huge novels, but they are so so good. But anyway, no, I didn't read any comics in Mexico, but I did read a lot in terms of page count once I got back. I must have Yeah, I must have about uh three, six about eight hundred pages of comics I read. Okay. Yeah. We're good. Okay. I got this covered, my friend. No doubt. You're a professional. All right, this, is, this is right. Somebody said that last night at the concert. <laughs> Flea's up there and he's bump he's whacking on the bass and John's playing next to him and I hear from behind me, these guys are great and the one guy goes, It's not their first rodeo <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think you should uh, limit your your trips to the beer stand there, buddy. But anyway, uh, speaking of beer, I'm not drinking it, but I'm, I am drinking the font of life, good old water, and this is cherry limeade water. Whoa! Yep, you're done in my cap today. Yeah, I, d- I didn't want to. I got to get up early tomorrow. And I'm tired to begin with. So, oh. senior pictures. Uh, football and cheer pictures. Ah, uh, three different yeah, schools. Jackson senior pictures are like next week. Yeah, it sucks. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to bring the room down. What are you drinking, Jason? Well, I guess I'm. I'm. We're switching roles tonight. I'm having a little vino. Oh. Having a little Cross Springs Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. 2018. It's good. It's like um, you know, like you probably have like a local restaurant that you go to. I know Dap does like where you like you know it's it's good food it's 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 reasonably priced it's not like 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 to die for food you know but it's right. like good and you can go there and it's convenient that's like what this wine is it's like solid I mean it goes down easy I wouldn't like say it's like making my toes curl but like it's good awesome yeah. excellent yeah. yeah nothing wrong with that sometimes yeah. um you well obviously you'll be more lenient with the the wine when the food is very good. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I know. I am. <laughs> I have fruit for dinner, though, so I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I, I lost my wedding ring. Yeah, give me some grapes. No, no, it's, no. I, I had I had Thai for lunch, so I you know, had, had a pretty light dinner. Excellent. I had I had nothing for lunch, and I had uh, shrimp for dinner. Oh, shrimps. <laughs> yeah. They're, In the Ziploc bag. Shrimps to the pan. No, it wasn't... Um, I I wanted to put them on something, so I just I, I grabbed a pack of the um, oh, the pack of the Momofuku noodles and and just threw them on top of that a little bit of soy sauce and um, then and Renee took a bunch of shrimp and then she um, made this uh, like hummus and sweet chili sauce concoction and, and dipped hers in that. But um, I uh, I had a whiskey sour with dinner. And now, 
I am just uh, enjoying straight from the tap H2O. Oh, you're lucky. You I are, am. I you're am lucky that you could drink yes, water. I, I drink. I drink tap water through. I I bought. I grab a bottle, fill it, throw it in the fridge. So when I get home, it's nice and cold. I I it is absolutely one of. I, I consider one of the perks of of, of living here is that yeah. I no longer have to deal with the well. I I, I ever I, drink. I, I enjoy this water. If I drank our well water, I turn into one of their green slime. I'd it's be, nasty. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so let's do what we gathered here to do and talk about some comic book. Oh, you got a lot of comic books, and I gotta say, I uh, speaking of Vince, to your point about uh, the the uh, the patrons and and Slack being one of the main conduits of our patronage. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you get like a little ESP, little vibe, and I was getting the vibe that like folks were feeling a little bit in a rut. You know, like I wasn't getting like the, because you know it's a vibrant community, and I wasn't getting the like, oh yo, this is badass, or did you read this? This is the bangers, and I think some of it's seasonal, which I think was confirmed this week when I I pinged everybody. But I said to everybody, hey man, you know, I feel like everyone's in a bit of a lull here. Like I'm 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 seeing you mention stuff you're reading, but I'm not seeing anybody repping for their stuff, shaking their fists, saying this is the shit you got to read this if you haven't. Like this is oh my god, I can't wait to. You know, and uh, and I think by and large, the people that responded were like, yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a lull. What with the summer, and it's been kind of like mens and mens with the stuff I'm reading. And, you know, that's like, listen, when you read as many comics as we do, as often as we do, there's always going to be stuff that just doesn't, you know, not everything can be the greatest ever, right? It's just not possible. Um, but, like, you know, the, the good thing about the lull is that you're, you're one book away from being out of the lull, right? You're, you're one page turn away from from ending that lull uh, and getting back on the on on the good good the good ship lollipop and um, I think I got it back on the good ship this week. Oh, Not because nice. of the Avengers book? No, 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 because of uh, because of uh, Black Set. Dude, it's one million BC. Come on, <laughs> dude, that's fucked up. See, he's trying. He's trying to taunt me right now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Oh wait, let's back me. it up. Who was the, who dropped the bait into the water? Not me. Jason or oh. David did. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following it away. Oh my god! Fucking BC Ghostwriter. Going for fiftieth now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you no, got? But, um, but Black said a book we have all enjoyed in the past and talked about. But it has been talk about time flying. It has been seven years since we got new Black said here in the U.S. of A. Um, and uh, thanks to our good friends at Dark Horse, we got some new Black said finally. Um, now, this came out, uh, there's like a one-year lull, it seems, between when uh, it's released in Europe and when it makes its way here. And uh, last year, the uh, they Black, Black Sad, They All Fall Down, part one of two, was released to massive, uh, as I understand it, commercial success. It was one of the best-selling uh, comics in Europe in years, from what I gather. And it was uh, nominated... For the uh, grand prize, the Grand Prix at the Angoulême this this year, which, uh, as uh, I think many listeners know, is an awesome French comics and art festival uh, that I would I would I dream about going to at some point in my life. I haven't had a chance yet, but um, but it's kind of like the Cannes Film Festival for comics, and uh, they they have award an award show, and this was one of the nominees. Didn't win actually, but it was one. It was nominated. Uh, of course, written by Juan Diaz Canales, as always, 
and uh, and drawn absolutely impeccably by Juanjo Guarnido, as always. Uh, for those new to Black Sad, if you haven't heard us talk about it back in the day, Black Sad is a uh, anthropomorphic world. Black Sad is a uh, a black cat, uh, and he is uh, straight out of a classic. Um, 40s or 50s pulp style private detectives, you know, tough guy detective. And um, he uh, he has had many wonderful adventures over the years in comic form. And uh, this is the first half of his latest adventure set in New York City. And basically the situation is uh, John Blackside is approached by the um, head of a, a union, uh, basically the they're not calling it the MTA, but it's basically the MTA, the head of the union, who is fearful for his life because the mob is trying to negotiate some contracts to build a bunch of stuff uh, and and essentially tear down a bunch of uh, green space and park space to do it. And the head of the MTA and the union are against it, and uh, the mob's trying to whack him to uh, to to you know to, to circumvent him. Uh, and so he approaches Black Sad because they he was recommend you know friend of a friend and hires Black Sad to keep him to keep him safe. Um, and uh, I'm, you know I'm not going to go into the to the plot points because I want you all to enjoy it. But you know things don't go according to plan as is often the case with uh, Detective Noir. But uh, Black Sad is um, you know when when things don't go his way like like you know he 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 definitely doesn't uh he doesn't sit idly by he he certainly evokes uh revenge and 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 recompense and that's what happens here um it's just you know for for me this book has always been about the 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 skin that 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 Guarnido puts over it right these lush beautiful they look almost like cell animation uh expressive anthropomorphic characters and uh, and it's not just it's not for for those that aren't familiar with with the black Sad world it's not just uh cats um there's all different species and he treats the species somewhat like races there's they, they even make references at times in different different black Sad stories about sort of the racial persecution or 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 mischaracterization of certain species against one another and the like um but yeah it was terrific uh as always uh, i don't know that i've ever not loved a black Sad story when i've had my got my hands on it and I will say too that um, while Blackside's doing his thing, trying to uh, deal with the mob and the MTA, his sidekick, Weekly, the Weasel, who is a uh, on the street kind of newsboy legion reporter, he uh, he gets a love interest for the first time, oh. which uh, yeah, good for Weekly, right? And uh, and then as I said, this is part one of of two parts, and there is a absolute jaw on the floor, gobsmacking reveal on the last page of this book. That uh, for those who have read the prior Blackhead works will uh, will certainly be all up in their fields when they see the reveal. Um, uh, now that said, I don't want to turn off people who haven't read the Blackhead stuff. You can pick this up; it's right off the shelf if you go to your store um, and you see it. Feel free to pick this up and read it. You don't need to have read the prior Blackhead stuff. It's not, uh, you know, it's these are these are each individual detective story, so they're they're. They are technically in some kind of continuity, but you don't you don't need to have read them. Uh, but uh, but the reveal on the last page certainly is a payoff for those who are familiar with the prior work. Uh, so I can't wait for the second volume, which I think is coming in like six months here in the U.S. So very very excited. It hasn't nice. been solicited yet, right? What's that? The second part hasn't been solicited. No, yet, I don't right? think so. No, I, I don't. Because I, I know that, um, 
this first part should be in. It's been filled according to the site, so I should have it in the next box. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure that once I went, once I remembered it was part one, as you're talking about it, I'm like, oh shit! I wanted to make sure that uh, I didn't miss the order for the second one. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I have to say, um, I was so anxious to get some new black set. I didn't mind it this way, and it is a well done little hardcover, thin hardcover type of a situation. But but I'm sure because comics uh once the second volume is out shortly thereafter they will solicit probably one volume in a nice big hardcover which uh knowing me i'll probably double dip and then give these away but but uh yeah so i just but i couldn't bring myself to wait because that, no, that'll probably be another not. year or two until that that full-size version comes out i would think so yeah yeah i'm with you there it's good stuff yeah cornito is wonderful this is very true, true. yeah yeah, I, I like that list or that question that you posed to the Slack because everybody started dropping books on there. And um, most of which I wouldn't read, but it just reinforced <laughs> my – no, I'm just saying. It, it just reinforced my um, notion that if I ever stop doing this with you two, I can always do a podcast with Mike Del Vecchio. Because his uh, tastes run extremely parallel, uh, uh, parallel to mine. Always with the mom. I'm always amazed that Mike has time to read comics between playing video games and making memes. But well, um, whenever he mentions a book, I'm like reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it. And sometimes got to read it because he seems <laughs> seems to be a little ahead of me in in the reading. But uh, I got a book that fits the. The que- that it's lodged center in the question that you pose, like what is delighting you right now? And this book that's has- great. And by the way, before you get into it, I should say I don't know, Dap, if you noticed, but I was joking with some of our friends that are part of that group that it it seemed like in Vince's absence while he was away, people felt compelled, almost like uh, putting pheromones out there to try and lure him back. I felt like a lot of the talk on the slack this last week was about like hella indie books like yep. hella yeah i was and I'm like oh they're, they're they miss vince no <laughs> no 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 i i was checking in on vacation i mean that's you know i would i would chime in here and there and you just like i even actually got a dig on you and you're just like go drink a mai tai or something i forget what you said but uh or a margarita but yeah uh, so where was I? Oh yes, the book that is delighting me right now, and I've talked about it before, so um, I may cover some ground I've previously covered. But uh, you've both heard about it. Die Dark. I read mm-hmm. volumes three and four, which is written and drawn this by. This is why you and Mike are, are, are simpatico because he reads almost all manga. So That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, written and drawn by the great Q Hayashida. And um, remember, see, there's, I originally read this stuff on, well, not all of it, but the initial volume or two on uh, the scanlation sites, the, the fan translated sites. And there's a huge discrepancy between the um, Seven Seas, which is the published version in my hand right now, and the, the fan sites where right, the, the, the main, the focus of Die Dark is a, is a man or a young man named Zaha Sanko. Remember, he's also known as Meatball Spaghetti as a, as a child. And collectively with his three buddies, they're known as the four little shits. 
in the Seven Seas book. But on the fan-translated sites they're known as what well, varies the four evils the you know the the four uh despicables or whatever it depends on where you read it so i'm assuming here that a publisher uh as large let's say uh, seven seas they publish a lot of stuff i'm assuming that they have uh done their due diligence as far as the translation goes and i'm running with the way it's presented in the the Seven Seas book, which Four Little Shits sounds a lot better than The Four Evils to me. I don't know. Your mileage may vary. but um. So, The Four Little Shits. Zaha Sanko. You got Shimada Death, which, as we learn in this volume, has been with Sanko since he was a kid, since he was in, in, in school. Um, they, I don't want to call her a she. she. She may very well be a she. She has two different forms. Um, she has the, the hooded, cloaked, six-eyed, towering figure with the, the, the spiky wooden bits strapped to her, uh, them. And then she is she sometimes takes on the physicality of a beautiful woman. Very buxom, beautiful woman. But there's no nudity in this. I don't know why. Um, it's weird, right? And and again, I've said it before, but it bears repeating. The design sensibility of Hayashida is very, very, very close to what Johnny Ryan was doing in Prison Pit. Uh, the execution's different, but the sensibilities are very much in tandem. All the, the outlandish designs that Ryan brought to Prison, prison Pit, there are... Not analogs in this book, but it, the the just wild, wacky, off kilter. Let's just throw everything in a blender and see how it tastes. Type design sensibility, and it works for me. When the designs are real crazy, I I, I feel like I'm home. Right when you know me, I like to read stuff that I haven't read before. I like to experience designs and and execution that is off the beaten path, like. That is a win for me, where you can show me something I haven't seen before. So, um, again, uh, Sanko has a buddy named Avakian, and he's a backpack. In this universe, they're called Paggies. And uh, it's a skull with a handle, and his chest opens up, and, uh, you know, Sanko can put stuff in the the paggy or stuff comes his his um weapon remember comes right out of avakian's mouth and it's the the big bone and the the dark force click kicks in and he makes an axe and so um that's cool design if you've got a buddy that's a backpack i mean he can become anthropomorphic at times in the book but you know for all intents and purposes he's a a, a backpack that speaks and there's a lot of comedic gold with Avakian. Like, characters will be talking, and the last panel on the page would just be, you know, a, a tight shot of Avakian just looking at the reader saying, what? <laughs> it's, so, it's so stupid, and it's silly, but I love it. And that's the thing. It's very, very, very dark. Everything is based, it seems to me, the the deal with with Zaha Sanko, remember, is that he his bones are very valuable because he who possesses Zaha Sanko's bones will get their wish granted. So everybody in this galaxy is after 
this kid to get his bones and get their wish. It's a twenty four seven title. Okay, uh, <laughs> but but everything in the book seems to be built around the the concept of the bone. The chapters aren't called chapters; they're called bones. The 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 ship, uh, Moha. Uh, I'm going to say Moha. It's M-O-J-A, and I don't know if, if the Japanese translation would be Moha, but I'm saying Moha anyway. Um, the ship is, it, it's a cross between a pig and uh, a, a skull with fangs. It looks like a um, a pig that had somehow had the skin of its face ripped off. It's a skull pig. Again, if you're familiar with the, the vinyl work of Bob Conge, it looks exactly like the placebo stuff. But anyway. Um, and in this, in the last volume, we encountered this guy named Hajime Damimaru, who, he's human, right? And you're thinking, oh, this guy's not going to last long because he's freaking human. In this universe, your days are numbered because uh, Sanko is pretty much invulnerable. If he's wearing his, his, his dark cloak and he's... Uh, not under some kind of uh, uh, a spell or a condition that makes him impervious. He's pretty much impervious. You can stab him. You can shoot him. You can cut pieces of him off. He, the, the kid will not die, which is good, right, if your bones are very valuable. But And there's a chapter uh, in here where he's captured, right? I'll get to that. But So you figure, Damimaru is human. You're not lasting long. This is a brutal, brutal universe. The thing is, Damimaru frequently dies, but he doesn't seem to be able to completely die. He comes back time and time and time again. They're they're dragging around his entrails and his bones, and then he starts to reform. And they're like, "What the fuck? What is this?" Um, but uh, Damimaru does not like his name. He wants to be called Hellmaster, <laughs> and. <laughs> Like, why would you build that into a story? I hate my name. I want to be called Hellmaster. Okay. Um, and he's, uh, he, there's a, uh, he has a paggy of his own, which is a giant suit of spiky armor, real dark spiky armor. And the, the front of it opens up and he could get in it. Um, the, the paggy's called Nagurun. And um, sometimes the, the Paggy will be walking around and Tommy Morrow's dead inside the thing. It's just like, well, he's back. All right. But so the deal is very, um, I'm going to kill those dogs one of these days. Very, very valuable bones. So you figure Sanko's powers and all the stuff around him are, are based. He's a creature of darkness. They all are. The All the four little shits are creatures of darkness. So what are your uh, enemies going to be well of course they're going to be creatures of light right it just makes sense there's a malicious interstellar mega corporation called photosphere that are after sanko and a splinter group from this giant mega corporation they don't share the the uh, beliefs with this uh, cult called the lighthead order and they hate each other and they fear each other but in this, in the third volume, they work together because they want to take out the four little shits. Number one. Number two, 
they want to get the drop on each other's secrets. It's like, yeah, we'll work with them, but we're really doing intel here because we want to see what makes these guys tick and vice versa, right? So in volume three, Sanko is captured by the Lighthead Order and he's tortured and he's mutilated at the hands of this high luminary. This guy tries to kill Sanko by stabbing him. He's plunging the knife into him. And, and Sanko's like, yeah, you, you have to do better than that. He's too tough to die at the hands of an ordinary weapon. So what does the luminary do? He tries acid. He's like, I see what this does. And this, it's called photolytic acid. And this stuff is so deadly that the four components have to be mixed on the spot when you use it. It's like epoxy resin. Right, but it's in this little container, and it's separated into four little chambers. And Q shows you the actual container, like up close. You get to see it, and you see each component sequestered in, in the little their little wells, you know. And you squeeze it, you snap it, and it breaks the walls of each compartment. And the four substances mix, and it makes this nasty acid. So you're reading the story, right? You're in it. You're, you're immersed in it. And this character just stops the the action dead to explain to you what's in its hand. Like, he's not talking to the reader directly, but in a sense, he is. Like, it's the author talking through the character. Like, here's what I have in my hand. Here's what it does. And it's so off-putting and unorthodox. And you're like, I want 150 volumes of this. I will read this every day for the rest of my life and be totally happy. Like... The the pacing is very, very strange. The, the the series has its own off-kilter internal logic. It would not make sense if you if you gave this book to someone who has a steady diet of something that's not this, and then they read it, it's just gonna seem very strange. But that's the joy of it. Because there's really nothing out there right now that's like Die Dark. It is so crazy. Uh I love it, right? So he he breaks the acid thing and he drips it all on Sanko's forearm and it eats him right down to the bones. So the kid's running around with his radius and his ulna exposed. Like, it's disturbing. It's really... Um, And it wouldn't have been possible if he had his dark skin on, but they took it away from him. Um, But he was captive, so that's what you get when you're a captive. But he gets away, right? And um, later in the story... They, the Hayashida shows you how they fix him in in explicit detail, how they fix his arm. And I, I won't spoil it, but it's, again, it's an attention to detail that's not, in you know, it's not crucial to the storyline. If you could say, hey, we're going to just fix your arm, and then you go off panel and you fix it, and then the story proceeds. But at least a page of the procedure where they're fixing his arm. Like, this is what I'm talking about, about this book, the the creator focuses on minutiae. It's just insane, right? But here's the deal, another deal. Um, Dami Maru's carcass is very valuable. For whatever reason, um, his bone, like everybody's got valuable bones in this thing. Um, and, and Avakian sells it to this merchant that... Um, comes from this place called Dark Nest. And if you've played Elden Ring, there's a way to summon spirits in Elden Ring. You ring the little bell, ding 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 and, the, and a spirit just appears, right? It's kind of like that with this character. Her her name is Mizutani Box. And if you ring, if you summon her with this thing, 
anywhere you are in the universe, she'll bloop, she'll pop in and she has this giant, essentially it's a giant suitcase of weapons, but it's a skull. And the head opens up and it's loaded with fucking shit in there. And um, they sell Damimaru's carcass to her and they get tons and tons of stuff. Like the thing, the, the, the material necessary to fix uh, Sanko's arm. They get weapons, like really disturbingly powerful weapons. But then, and this is the funny part, Damimaru comes back to life and leaves. And she's like, wait, I just bought your bones. He's like, oh, well, <laughs> he just leaves. So now she's pissed off. But it becomes a running joke in both volumes because Damimaru won't stay dead. And like he was reduced to a lump of bones and flesh. And he comes back to life and, and she's she's pissed because she's she gave them a lot of stuff in trade. And now she's got nothing. She's left holding, uh, literally holding this big skeleton bag. Um, but. While they were in the clutches of the Lighthead Order, Damimaro, through his paggy, taps into their information network. And he discovers this weird, this strange bit of information. What is this? Um, supposedly, they discern the location, not the location, they discern the existence of a location that is generally known as the birth of universe, this universe, where with that giant Big Bang, whatever, however this universe was formed, someone knows about the existence of this thing, and it's called Zolar. <laughs> Again, that's another name that's translated very differently depending on which scanlation you read. So don't read scanlations, just buy the book. And so now they're on a hunt for this, this Zolar thing, and it gets them into trouble, naturally, because way back... With the, the Lighthead Order, they're like, we got to get rid of these four shits. How do we do it? Um, and the, the shepherd of the Lighthead Order is called Big Sparkle. That's the name of the bad person, Big Sparkle, in this book. And she sits atop this 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 planet-sized, not, it's shaped like a planet. And she sits on top of it. And the character will say sparkle at the end of every sentence. I'm glad you could come to see me, Sparkle. Let's plan our attack, Sparkle. And it's, it's so weird. It, it, I, it, like, it, what is happening? It, who thinks of these things? It's great. It's just so strange and off-kilter. But anyway, so the Lighthead Order, what they do is they sacrifice hundreds of acolytes in this, this forbidden rite, and they create this immortal warrior called the photonuclear man who doesn't want to be called the photonuclear man he wants to be called magma radon <laughs> well who wouldn't want to be called magma radon? right it's it's so awesome one of the luminaries he was old and busted and he 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 uh stepped up he's like use my body i want to i want to serve the order and they they essentially kill him and they put him in this this container um, and there's something called an archosome that they throw in there and other things. Like the recipe for his transformation is in the damn book. Weird. Why? Who cares? But the author does, and so therefore so do we. And But what they do is they suck the souls out of all their acolytes, and it's called light core energy, and they throw it in the mix and blah, 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 and out comes the photonuclear man. And he's on the trail 
of the four shits and eventually runs into him on a planet called Garezas. Um, and that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Read the book. It's awesome. But uh, uh, another cool thing about it, it's not all present day. If There's flashbacks to when Sanko was a kid and he's on this elementary school starship called the Tree Gun, right? And the grandson of the High Luminary, this kid's a real asshole and he hates Sanko and bullies the shit out of him and repeatedly tries to kill him. And so the old man brings the one day they're like, hey, he brings a swimming pool because his grandson's on this ship. So he brings them a swimming pool and they're all like, yeah, we get this, we get to swim. And they had to, they had to make swimsuits in class that they were going to use in the pool. I, I, I got nothing. Right. And the, the kid, the grandson, of course, makes a shitty um, bathing suit. But Sanko's bathing suit's awesome. And it has Shimada's death's face on it. So, like, she's like, aw, you love me. He's like, I do. Um, <laughs> so now the kid hates Sanko because the teacher gave him an A-plus on his friggin' bathing suit. And his looks like it was ripped apart by a herd of cats. So the grandfather gives the grandson uh, an assassin, a, this spider-looking floor-crawling assassin. They throw it in the pool. And the objective was to drown Sanko in the pool. Like, these are not nice people. Right, uh, and and it has just that crazy in, internal logic. And another childhood flashback: Sanko has to get vac- vaccinated. How do you vaccinate someone that's impervious to everything? Like, how would you vaccinate Superman? Really hard, right? So Avakian gives him uh, pills that eliminate his defenses for like 24 hours, which opens him up for a whole shit ton of abuse from this asshole grandson. And even more disturbing, he's real tired and he comes back and he he lays on his bed, but the bed wasn't disinfected properly and he gets a space tick and it latches onto his abdomen and this huge sucking tumor tick thing with visible bones is on his abdomen. And if you remove it, you'll rip his guts out. And he's impervious because he took the pills. So what do you do? You read the book and you find out how it works nothing at all in this series is formulaic it's extremely unconventional it's just crazy um if if you're in a slump and you're looking for something off the beaten path that will be very very surprising to you it will shake up your your status quo in terms of sequential art and comics and what can be done get die dark it is just absolutely amazing and it's again tied to the unconventional you would expect something this dark and disturbing like there's a lot of violence in the book characters get ripped apart bodies reduced to steaming mounds of entrails and bones like it's very very dark it's in the title um you would expect the the visual approach to be in tandem with that and it is but when you look at hayashida's line it is impossibly thin it is hair thin but he just stacks up a bunch of them, right? It's nuts how thin his line is. Like, I, it, he's not writing. There's, there's no, and, and he's not Matt Allison either. There, there's no, very few darks in this book, but yet it's friggin' bleak and extremely dark and lightless. It's just great. Get this book. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I talked enough about it. If you're not reading Die Dark, Go get it. It's on its fourth volume now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but you don't have much to catch up on. Just get it. It will it will set your world on fire. I'm I'm guaranteeing it. It is. Wow. It, it's so good.
Well, it's not going to be for everyone, though. Like it's it it's so um, status quo destroying that it takes a while to get the the rhythm and the beat and like what's going on here. Like this is just so strange. It hmm. it may take a volume to just so you you settle into the groove that Hayashida's laying down. But once you're in there, like you just want more. Yeah, it's great. Damn. Like you said, it's only it's only well. It's, I mean, uh, it says here five volumes, but I guess maybe one's not in your hands yet. But that's, no, uh, not yet. Normally, when I think of manga, I think of uh, you know fifty volumes and counting. So it's, right, five volumes is a prelude. Yeah, it's a it's an app. It's like a it's like a it's an appetizer. Yeah, and it's but okay. Another thing to Hayashida's credit, it's not decompressed. There's not fight scenes that go on for like 10 pages. It's not, I love Berserk. I think Berserk is great, but things are drawn out in, in Berserk and many other, like One Piece. The fights go on forever. Um, the, this is not that. It, the, the, mm-hmm. the action's fast and uh, he gets it done and he moves on. There's just so many ideas packed into each book so many concepts and and just novel things that uh, he seems to be not at a loss for how to present his characters in new and and um uh enthralling situations so yeah you love to see it i do i love to see it a lot mm-hmm. what does david love to see Ah, uh, uh, speaking of things that aren't for everybody, this is definitely <laughs> a. Let's uh, talk uh, about a lead-in. There's a lead-in for you. Well, and, and especially after uh, what Vince talked about, this is uh, this is something that is so not up his alley. But it is adults only. So, uh, but even even that, even even the sex scenes, I don't think are really going to be up Jason's alley. Uh, this is a little book called Patience and Esther, an Edwardian romance um so this is for all you downton abbey fans but uh the two main characters um work at work 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 for um a lord and 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 uh and lady who we never really see for the most part it's pretty much a female forward story there 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 aren't too many men that, that, that show up um Patience is a um, a a healthy Irish lass. Um, she uh, she she she's kind of built more like uh, maybe Mrs. Pat more than Daisy. For 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 the, those who might get that reference, she is uh, she's she's um she is she she she's on the the uh the thicker side uh sweet girl 19 years old basically this is her first like real job we meet her but when she uh hold on a second though what (laughs) i mean mrs patmore is like a 65 year old woman like i'm talking body shape not i know not age but yes i i I guess i just think that like (laughs) i know you're trying to be real like body positive and stuff with this the way you're going about this which is cool but like i just think calling a 19 year old woman <laughs> comparing her to mrs patmore is like that's rough dude like i get it I, you're right you're right that is fair that is a fair 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 call i'm out. sure she i'm sure her breasts are far more supple and haven't been affected oh, by and it. and there yes. goes all the goodwill down the toilet right no there. no 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 i'm saying <laughs> david's trying to be nice and see she's heavy set which is fine but like 
a 19 year old heavyset woman is not Mrs. Patmore. I mean, right, Mrs. correct. Patmore's correct. elder woman who's like, 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 you know, I mean, you got to be she's seen some shit to, yeah. to want to see her naked. I mean, you know. Uh, Who so, the hell so, is Mrs. Patmore? She works. She is the, she, head, she's the head cook. Mount Abbey. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would never have got that reference. right. Da- he said Daisy because Daisy's the right hand woman, uh, you know, young ingenue sort Look, of looking like a waif. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, so patient shows up first day on the job, knocking on the front door. Uh, and of course, you know, so, so the, uh, the head butler, um, hurries her into the house and, and, and gets her downstairs quickly. So before, uh, Mrs. Sweet, who's basically the head of, of the household, she oversees, uh, all the help, um, before Mrs. Sweet sees you, we will get you down to the kitchen. Um, Edwin, she does get introduced to Mrs. Sweet. Sweet brings her upstairs to her room where she's rooming with Esther, who is um, a very attractive Indian woman, a couple years older than Patience. Uh, and, and they become fast friends, although they kind of both have wandering eyes for each other as, as you know, one enters the room or gets ready for bed or, or gets ready for a bath. Uh, they're catching glances and, and, and peeking looks whenever they can. Um, but you know, Esther isn't necessarily, I mean, she's, she's happy with herself, but, but she may, she figures, you know, someone like Esther definitely, you know, patience is feeling a little out of, uh, out of her league, but, um, they become really good friends. They do take it to that next level. Um, and eventually, um, the household, the, the the family is moving and, and they can't take everybody with them. However, um, one of the ladies who lived in the house and now has her own place is basically hiring Patience and Esther to take care of her. And because and, she doesn't have a big house and, and she lives in London and they'll get out of the country into the city, kind of have a new life. And, uh, and it's a very small household staff, so they pretty much take care of everything. Um, but the young lady likes to party, likes to hang out with her friends, uh, kind of puts patience, uh, through her paces and, uh, and, and, and patience reacts extremely well. And, and basically, you know, maybe a little fluttered at first, but is, ends up, uh, building up some confidence and, and they continue to have, um, a really subtle relationship. And then when, uh, we end up having them, um, kind of leave that house to, uh, because they do want to, um, have their own careers, do their, do their own thing. It's, it's, uh, there, it's time for them to move on. And at first, uh, Lady Blythe is a little put off. It's like, I, I, I basically, I brought you to London. I made it kind of taking credit, for their success and I, you know, everything you have, you could thank me and, and how could you leave me like this? And it's like, woman, like you've been, you've been pushing for women's rights and the whole suffragist movement and things like that. And, and now when we want to do something for us, make ourselves better, uh, you're going to give us a hard time about that. And it kind of like puts her in her place and, and, and she realizes that, yes, yeah, she is being kind of selfish. Um, but they, they, uh, they do end up, uh, having a ceremony, getting married, um, 
and uh, during this time, Patience brings Esther back home and and to meet the entire family, which is very uh, which which goes on for days. Um, she does have two siblings that that died when they were young, so um, you know she's she's basically showing them the good and bad, and and Esther is happy and and um, is is appreciates that you know patience is going through all this and 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 opening up herself and and her world and and um what i really really liked about this story in this book um because it's 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 about 300 pages or so um uh, the art's very clean it's uh it's 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 a bit of a cartoony style they don't spend swc or sw sir um Let's screw up this name. Searle? S-E-A-R-L-E. I, it, it, I can pronounce it in my head. I don't know why the hell I'm having trouble saying it right now. Um, the uh, They don't spend a lot of time on backgrounds. It's it's not... Uh, it, it's the, the colors are kind of flat um, because that's not what's important here to just tell the story a bit of, of these two women. Um, and uh, they... They end up, like I said, they, they end up married, very happy. What's great about the story is that typically you would expect something um, dramatic or bad to happen, like they'd be outed or the patients would be bullied or made fun of, and uh, or even Esther, because, of course, her skin color is not like anybody else's in the book. And it none of that exists. Every, it, it's it's they, they, they do have some, they, they do have to face some slight adversity, but not, it, it, it's, it's not based on, it, it's mostly because of, of their station in life and what they're trying to get out, where they're trying to come out of and where they're trying to get to. But, but, you know, they're not attacked physically. They're not, you know, there, there aren't any insults hurled at them. Um, and it's, it, it was, it was nice to read, this journey with these two women over the course of a handful of months um, and, and probably years. There's two, um, there's two backup stories um, that are bonus comments that they're called. Uh, one takes place um, at the same time or during the same, same time frame, um, and, and, and it's at a department store, an older woman, uh, comes in for a fitting and um, basically kind of doesn't take advantage, but basically um, lets herself be seen by the help and and uh, the, the the woman at 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 the store seems to be uh, it, it seems to be gay, so she was very much uh, she wasn't turning away. Uh, and the end of the story is basically she's uh, she's pleasuring herself thinking about the time the customer came into the store. The other story um, is in the present day and uh, it's still Patience and Esther just in a modern day setting, uh, very similar to how they, their characters were back in uh, the early 1900s, about a hundred years earlier. But, um, but it, it's, it's neat seeing them in the modern setting with, with, with uh, the technology and, and uh, it's, it's all it, it's it's kind of like a shorter version or it would be if we continued the main story um 
and seeing where they were after they were married and living together for a while and 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 used to each other's ticks and um if there were any um lulls or seven year issues or things like that where we're we're seeing the kind of the growing pains and how they've come to um how their relationship has grown and they've gotten comfortable with each other and 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 it's it's just it was like i said it's nice seeing them in in the modern setting um continuing their relationship and not not being anybody that they weren't um not being two completely different characters it's just it's it's them just today uh and then in the back matter there's um there's there's uh a breakdown of you know between you know, patients going from 19 years old to 24 years old and Esther going from 21 to 26. So, so the main story takes place over the course of five years. Uh, and then there's little things where um, th- there's some notes where SW talks about uh, things that happened on certain pages and certain panels. Um, there's uh, th- there's this poetry throughout. The, the, Esther reads patients some poetry, and which is actually real poems uh, that exist and, and and they're credited um there's a uh there are little there are attentions to detail that i really appreciate like just reading it you wouldn't think like like there's a um and they even say you know it's never discussed it there's a mark on patience's right leg and and you would think it may be a birthmark uh or even a bruise or something but it it's it's it, it's a common childhood incident with a fireplace. And it, it's, it's just little things like that where, okay, they, they, they really want to let us know. Just little things like that. I found, I, I, uh, had a nice touch. I, I, I appreciate the little, little things like that, but it was, um, apparently it was, uh, it was kick. It was a Kickstarter, uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, I, don't remember when I picked it up. I remember ordering it, and it, it it's been sitting on my shelf. And I just I I, I grabbed it after um, last weekend. Um, and it you can actually read the first chapter, um, Act One, Chapter One. There are a couple of chapters and a couple of acts. But uh, if you go to Iron Circus, this is published from Iron Circus Comics. ironcircuscom slash patience dash esther and uh e-s-t-h-e-r and you can you can read the first first chapter see you see the art for yourself um and i just i i really really um enjoyed it a lot i didn't know what to expect i knew that it was you know going to be a uh sapphic style romance and and that um that wasn't what was that wasn't caused me to put it in my cart but um but I did, I, I did like the art that I saw and, um, and I figured, you know, depending on type of mood you're in, I mean, it, it, this was published before the, uh, the recent Downton Abbey book, but it, uh, the movie, but it was, um, but it definitely, you, 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 you for sure get that, um, get that vibe without a doubt. But yeah, I just thought, um, I probably appreciate it because I do enjoy the show and, and, and the movie. So it, it's, um, there really wasn't anything about it that um, was a turnoff. Really, I just I, I think the characters are cool. Are, are, are they're they're well done. I I, I think they're uh, they're great characters. I think the story is uh, is solid in the sense that you you're getting it's like I said it's just it's a positive story. I, I really did appreciate that um, 
that I didn't have to worry about it. As I'm reading it, I'm you. You kind of just you watch those shows or you read those stories, and and you do get that sense of dread from time to time because you just know somebody, some 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 Jason-like asshole from Stranger Things is going to try to make a mess of things, and it's and and that that didn't happen here. So it's it's there's nothing that uh, nothing to nothing to fear reading this story. I, I I dug it a lot, and they don't they definitely don't shy away from. Um, from the nudity there's uh there's some strap on and and vibrator action or at least early day vibrators but yeah if if you are uh if you don't um don't mind all shapes and sizes then uh then 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 you might get a kick out of this uh you might enjoy this book quite a bit but yeah i thought uh i thought it was neat i like i said i tried um didn't know what to expect really happy with uh with how it turned out as i'm hearing you review this book it was like a uh a meter between completely uninterested and completely interested depending on what part you were talking about <laughs> no i know like, oh, down abby that's my spot yeah oh zoftig chick that's my spot. i'm like oh <laughs> toys that's my spot uh-huh I'm like oh i'm like uh, uh, so I, I, yeah i don't, I don't know <laughs> This is, this is this is definitely a, a bit of an enigma. This one, uh, yeah, it's a conundrum. I uh, I just watched uh, what you think? I just watched Downton Abbey: A New Era this weekend. I dug the movie. I liked it. Me too. Me it too. was a nice. It was it was, it was uh, there was some closure there. I, I think I much better, much better, and much better than the first movie. Like in the as a close as a, like an end to the whole thing. I agree. Yeah, I agree. For I sure. wish we could have seen. Uh, I wish Homeboy could have. Um, Ozymandias uh, could have shown up from 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 his race car driving for to, to make. That's what Beth said. She's like, she's like, yeah. my dude never is he even on the show. I'm like, hey, he's probably not on the show anymore. Like he's probably just like you're probably too busy. You can't do this. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Speaking of that, you see Jonathan Kent's getting recast on the show. Yeah. No, I did not. Yeah, he left the show for personal reasons. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. That's like the only uh that's the only Arrowverse show that the Wood household still watches. So. Yeah, same, pretty much. Yeah. Well there you have it. So from uh from skulls and demons to, to upstairs, downstairs love. That's right. That's the that's the eleven o'clock comic spectrum right we there. We cover all like the bases. Full, yeah. Yeah. Damn right, yeah. damn right. In full effect, right? When when you said uh vibrator or the equivalent from the time, I'm picturing one of those Peddled fucking cheese or the the potato beaters with the the handle. Yeah, well, well, qualifies for like a nineteen twenties vibrator. It like is uh, Stella's original electrical masseur, according to the pamphlet. Um, and Patience is a little put off because she's like, "Listen, uh, electrical. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think we need to have something electrical down there." Um, yeah, because there's no and, batteries, right? You got to plug <laughs> it into the wall. Pretty much. That's and, hot. And, and and Esther's like, listen, I, I understand your hesitation. How about I try it first? And she does it. And, and at first, she's kind of just she's basically just kind of moving it around her uh, her nipples at first. And now that they're all erect, now 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 patients like, well, hey, maybe, maybe I can help. Okay, and now I'm getting back interested in this book, right? Okay. And and and, they, and then they start and and yeah. So well, well, she is um, Esther does not remove her um, her long stockings. Mm-hmm. Uh, underneath, so 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 while there's a wet spot, at least, right, 
So 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 you see you see the machine going at it. Uh, there's there's she, she's she's reacting. Esther's reacting to it. Um, Patience decides to uh, do some licking on uh, and 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 you know and then they're just really having having great fun and and to something <laughs> having else that, having great fun. I would try to just be you know try. <laughs> Trying to be, you know, Mr. Bates or so we have, uh, and and there's uh, again to to the artist credit, um, there's which will be a definite turn off to Jason. There you you do. Patience is is drawn at times to 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 show some stretch marks. Um, so it's it, it's she is she, she she's a chubby girl and and there's no you know warts and all you're seeing it um when esther decides to return the favor to patience patience thinks it's a little too strong so uh so 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 they get um they get some some fabric and fold it over so this way uh things are a little bit more comfortable for everybody and then on um on their wedding night there is a very very beautiful um it is it's it's engraved but it is i believe it's ivory um it is yeah it it it's it is yeah it it looks it almost looks like it's got a nipple on one end of it but um yeah as um patience gives the present to uh to esther and it's it's double-ended so they can both have some fun with it but uh it is the hell did they say what it was engraved by or what what, what the engraving uh said uh the dildo is inspired by victorian era find that appeared to be made of ivory and wood with the comforter engraved along its side in elegant calligraphy look it up it's great well as long as the calligraphy is elegant then it, that's what matters there you go there's no comic sans on this double-ended dildo that's skippy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Uh, did, did either of you um, ever read the uh, the Batman Killing Time, aka the book where I killed Dap? No. Uh, no. Well, you know, we were bombarded with the panels of me yes. killing Dap, and then we then found out that uh, quite a few uh, friends quite a few and, and adjacent friends. people uh, were were mentioned uh, in in said miniseries because it was written by Tom King. He got. Uh, yeah, I know Gil was mentioned. His wife Rachel was mentioned. Uh, Steve, Steve, Steve yeah, Steve, Steve, uh, yeah, Steve Riker was mentioned. A, bu- a bunch, a bunch of different folks. Yeah, uh, you know, adjacent to us or or or, or near adjacent. I know the yeah, fanboy guys were in there getting killed. There's a bu- bunch yeah. of things. Vince gets no love, so I don't know. If, so we'll have to unpack that. But um, although he was, he was. I don't talk always, about Tom's books, so that's why I didn't Tom get him. Well, to be, also, fair, yeah. to be uh, fair, you were you were you were a, one of the henchmen killed uh, alongside us in uh, in Batman proper. So it's not sure. Right, you love. Okay. But, but I I was I was like oh you know because I those who um so I do a, a, a again for people who are curious about the Patreon but but are not members yet uh, one of the things I do each month is a video of the previews what i'm looking what, what speaks to me especially things that are new and i often find myself um not ranting but like when i'm going through the dc i'm always marveled at the uh no pun intended at, at the number of of batman and gotham related 
comics. I mean, there's a never-ending supply. It is... I don't know how many single issues DC puts out each month these days, but like probably 70 or 80. I mean, it's no exaggeration. 25 to 30 of them are, are, are Gotham centric. Right. And, and obviously they're doing that because people are reading them. So whatever, more power to you. But I always think to myself when I'm doing the videos, like, Oh, you know, I, I don't like who's reading these. Cause like, even if you're a diehard Batman fan, like, and you read eight Batman comics, like that's a lot of Batman a month. There's still another fifteen that you're not reading. Like, who, like, I always wonder, like, who is who's choosing like this little series versus this one, right? Like, I don't know. I, I generally don't know. Like, nobody can be reading thirty Batman comics, right? I mean, like, m- maybe, but I don't think so. So, Batman Killing Time, even though it was written by Tom, I just didn't give it much mind because it's just part of the sea of Batman comics and the fact that it was a mini series and. And and wasn't even sure if it was in or out of continuity, whatever. I just didn't pay attention to it. But then, uh, but but then after the the novelty of seeing that uh, we got the mention, and there were a bunch of other folks, and there were a lot of Easter eggs. I thought, oh, let me let me give this a read. So I, I dove in, and it was a lot of fun. It, you know, again, I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm a fan of Tom's work, obviously. Um, one of the cool things is it's. I feel like Tom has developed a few uh, collaborative partners that he works with fairly consistently. Um, and this was uh, this was he paired up with David Marquez, who who, you know, at least I can't think of. I don't think he's worked with before, at least not in any. I mean, I know David did some of the Batman, but I mean, he hasn't done a miniseries with him yet. So so that was cool to see him work with a different artistic partner. And um, it was fun. It was just a big it was a, it was a caper. You know, it was it was basically a giant caper. And, and the cool thing was a lot of time shifting. But it, but it all, it all makes sense in the end. Uh, and I bring that up because I know for some, time shifting is saltpeter. Um, it's just an absolute turnoff. And so this would definitely not be a miniseries for you if you're that kind of person that just doesn't like to be shifted back and forth through different days and months and weeks. Um, but I, li- I like it when it's well executed. I mean, it can, it can be a debacle if it's done poorly. But, but in this case, it was, it was well executed, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I just, you know, not much to say about it other than it was a, a fun caper with. A lot of the go-to bat villains and uh, Batman being much more of a detective in this than than a, a in an action hero, which I dug. Um, yeah, so and and it I thought it had a really satisfying payoff with a pretty cool reveal at the end, and I'm here for it. So um, yeah, a lot of fun. Quick read, just you know, if you're looking for a Batman book amidst the sea of Batman books, you know maybe this maybe this one stands out above some of the others. Well. Uh... Just to balance the scales, there's a lot of X books too, and a lot of Spider-Man books. You know, no, hundred percent. Yeah, once oh, they honestly, see I, something's clicking, prepare but, but for the no, deluge. Nothing compares, but but it, but but there, you could add up all the mutant books and the Spider-Man books combined, and you don't get the number of Gotham books. Well, may, right, maybe. That's all. Yeah. And and again, I I make the same point of, and and with the with the mutant books, at least it's different character. I mean, it's different characters. It's not like. You know there are there are hundreds of in the Marvel continuity there are hundreds of thousands of mutants so like it's not like you know I mean mutant is just a subset of characters with power but but yes yes certainly certainly both both big two publishers probably smartly and consistently milk their cash cows yeah no doubt yeah. about if it if if the books exist then they're probably not losing money on them so that is true yeah. yeah. That is true. I'm kind of stunned. I'm looking at your list here on the Slack. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't have uh, Liminal Zone on your list. The Junshi Ito book. 
just came out? I didn't get to it yet. That's all. I just haven't. Oh, you do have it though. I in fact, and I just shouted out the uh, the new Ito book um, in my previous video this week. Yes, yes. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, no, I have it. I have it here. I just haven't read it. Okay. Well, I, I then I guess I won't be too specific because I don't want to ruin it for you. But here's a surprise. It's an anthology. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's, he's like uh, Stephen King. I feel like you get one anthology and then one long form and then one anthology and then you know, right? Yeah, uh, I'm being facetious, but not really. I'm almost convinced that the only characters capable of smiling in Junji Ito's universe are evil. Yeah, because his characters seem to be either they're dying or they're profoundly sad or they're scared or beset by some kind of Lovecraftian mind-bending cosmic concept that just reduces everything they've ever believed into no- to, to nothing. Mm-hmm. It, there are no happy people in Junji Ito's universe. It, he just will not allow it. This is, yeah. Like, I would love to throw back a couple of drinks with these. I'm sure he's the life of the party. But he's probably a super sweet dude, all smiles, right? I don't know. Um, I would think that a person, uh, a creative entity capable of producing stories like this, uh, I, I don't know. He is. Yeah, maybe this is how he works through his stuff. He may have been left alone a lot as a child. <laughs> I just. Uh, uh, I'll just describe the setups in some of them because, like, like I said, you didn't read it yet, and I don't really want to ruin it. There's a story leads off the book called "Weeping Woman Way," and um, there is there is a function of the weeping woman in Japan that they would attend funeral services. And just cry. They're like professional criers. Weep copious amounts of tears in order to alert the spirits that are maybe still resident that their lives had meaning and there is someone among the living who actually shows, um, displays sadness or, or is grieving for their passing and then their transition to wherever they're going is eased somewhat by these these women these weeping women it's very much unlike the states where you have funeral groupies that exist for one reason and that's to hit the buffet right at the, at the after funeral get together but whatever so um it, it, again, it's it's young people. It, it's a, a boy and his girlfriend. They're just having a nice afternoon in the in the countryside, and it's good to get your feet uh, in contact with nature. And they just hear this woman just bawling, screaming, crying, and they 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 trace the sound to its source. And it's a woman at a funeral just crying her face off, just um, entirely just broken up about this person's death and they ask the funeral director like what's the deal is that her husband does she miss the person so much that she just can't help just releasing all this emotion and the guy's like no that's a weeping woman like they're not faking she's really crying but that's like her function and he just explains like you know why they do it and the girl 
just gets struck by this this blanket of sadness and she doesn't shake it for the entire story and there's a a, a, a cosmic other where where these these weeping women live or ex- I don't want to say live where they reside and they find this mystical sometimes here sometimes not city and it's just populated the streets run with the tears <laughs> with the tears of these incredibly sad women just crying and there are clouds of 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 mosquitoes in this one area that take the form of the visage the the mosquitoes actually form faces of departed spirits and they're all they're not happy they're all just screaming and and just was he not given candy <laughs> did no one sit next to him on the bus like where does this come from i uh, there's the corpse of a weeping woman that cried so much that the tears bored trenches into her cheeks it just the tears because that's a lot of, of crying. That's a lot of crying. Like uh, I just that's like Dap if he came home in his Bartesian and it exploded. And and but, <laughs> seriously, and but and then the girl is affected by this and she just starts crying where there's like rivers of tears just pouring from this girl and it affects her her physicality. Like she starts to become thin and all she her her face explodes with tears almost literally dude (laughs) help somebody give junji ito like a a a, you know a pick-me-up card just like a bunny on the front of it or maybe maybe like a little bear with a smile like the guy is i love it i love these stories but there is no, and it, it again. It does not end well. Like there's never a moment at the end where it's just like ah, they got out of it. Nope, nobody gets out of it. <laughs> there's a story called Madonna. Uh, a young lady enrolls in a missionary school. They pray all the time, and the the principal of the school has a Virgin Mary fetish. He, he's, I mean, who doesn't? Well, right? He selects his... He's been through a couple of them. He selects his his brides based on how closely they resemble in both word and physical construction, how, how closely they resemble the Virgin Mary. And his first wife, it didn't end well, because while she was gorgeous and beautiful and had that that innocence, she turned over the course of their marriage. And, and in his words, she became salty. That's that's a, a very important keyword with this um, story, because there's a, uh, the concept of Lot's wife. You, you're probably not up on your Bible stories, but Lot's wife turned away from the word of God and she became a pillar of salt for doing so. That concept is built into this story. It's the central thing that drives the narrative. This um, anyone who who uh, goes against the word of God turns into salt. But one of the characters in this book is very much unlike the Virgin Mary. Yet she has the power to reduce people to salt. And so I don't know if that's a commentary on the the 
the way religion is very easily manipulated by the pious to to take advantage of the followers. I don't know what Ito's saying here, but um, the the principal of the school has eyes for this young girl who just enrolled, and by eyes he he wants her he wants to father the Messiah with her. And his present wife, who is a shrew, a bitch, just treats all the kids um, like a monster. Uh, the, the, the young lady who enrolled in the school, she's out in the courtyard or around the school, and there's this young girl licking, just kneeling in the grass, licking this thing that looks like the remnants of a human body, but it's made out of salt. And she's licking it, and she's what? Like that doesn't convince the kid to leave. <laughs> she sticks around, but the guy has such um, uh, he's so enthralled with this young girl that he just doesn't give a shit that his wife picks up on it. Like there's a part where he's like, "Hey, meet me in the whatever the cloister. I gotta talk to you." And he comes on to her like full force, and he's he's making kissy face, and he's going in for it, and the wife. Uh, finds out and again it's like it doesn't end well statues weeping blood mounds of 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 people reduced to salt like it's just insane and i would love to just you know like fantastic voyage just become a tiny tiny microscopic little ship and, and, you know, slide into Junji Ito's ear and maybe go into his brain and just find out where all this comes from. It's one thing to be, you know, edgy or dark and disturbing, but these are stories like I've never read anything like this before. And you could say that about every Ito book, like the uh, Uzumaki, the spiral. Like, who would fixate on a spiral and just beat the living death out of this, the, the concept for the entire book? Like, whirlpools and snails and the cochlea inside. You know, like, where does this come from? I think I find him fascinating that he could just... He must have a, a list of keywords, like that religion okay what can i do with religion how can i make this story really affect my readers hmm let's go with lot's wife and the pillar of salt how can i manipulate that like it's just he he has this conceptual conceptual uh procedure that i would love to learn because so prolific too oh my god yeah right and it's just like he has books on, but this is his covid book this book was done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it, it. I don't like to say it, but more often than not, the the threats are after women. And yes, men have disturbing endings in, in his books, but for the most part, it seems like the women are the focal point of his crazy ideas. Um, My dude is working through some things. Maybe. Uh, there's a story called The Spirit Flow of Okigahara, where this young man is, he has a uh, a very serious life-threatening disease or, or illness, something. And he and his girlfriend head out into the, the forest. You've heard about the Japanese suicide forest, right? Of where, course. Where deathly sick, they just go out into the forest and die. Well, that's the plan here to go out into the forest and just they're both like she's going to take her life as well because she just loves her boyfriend and he's sick so let's go out into the forest and we're just going to die and they encounter something in the forest that doesn't make him want to die 
and actually cures him. But um, he becomes something other than human in the process. It's just what. So he's more human than human. Um, well, um, like he he willingly just has his genitalia just sandblasted off his body. Right on. Yeah. Um, That's a life choice. And th- and it's very homoerotic, which is something I don't we don't usually encounter in a Junji Ito book. Um, another young man shows up and and enters into the same process and they at some point you know they're, they're just licking each other the girlfriend's it's like what are you like um, what are you guys doing you, know, you say that he's almost like um he's like uh yeah he is pretty asexual for the most part you almost never see sex yeah right um which is that i mean top level that's a a trait of of a japanese culture like the sex is there Mm-hmm. but it's hidden it's clandestine they do it but you you know we don't talk about it and i'm generalizing i know not, not every person of japanese descent is like that but traditionally in their well i, I i'm talking they have a whole genre of film called pink pinku where it's just all set sex and and as much as they could show they would but that's that's marginalized. That's shunted to the side. That's not top level, you know, Japanese culture. It exists, but you know, we just don't talk about it. But for the most part, you're right. Ito stuff. There's not overt sexualization in it. Like, yes, the guy wanted to father the the messiah with this young girl, and he's getting all cheeky. But it's it's really it's innocent. Like he he just wants to kiss her. Like he's he doesn't rip her clothes off and just go at it. His, his idea of sexual advances is to just lean in like you know like they're in grade school and just want a kiss mm-hmm. that's weird he's like japan's lovecraft there's no doubt in my mind that he's uh yeah. not Jap- japan's lovecraft yeah <laughs> very very similar yep yeah. as far as the asexual stuff the cosmic horror stuff the his yeah. his lockdown on, on i the never sh- really connected that before but i've said it before you just don't listen to me Oh no! Well, maybe I'm pulling it from there. Maybe that's I'm getting it from that. I, 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 it sort of just sitting in my subconscious here, but maybe that's why. That's probably what it was. But anyway, um, Liminal Zone by Junji Ito, of course, is published by Viz. I think is it Viz Select, or is it just Viz? I don't know. I like Viz Select. Is it? Whatever. Um, yeah. But it's a hardcover as usual, and there's an afterword by the man himself. It is uh, Viz Signature. Sorry. Oh. Yes. I feel Be- like uh, Patience visited uh, Astro's Liminal Zone in that last book from the sound of it, too. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Hello, Continuity. Liminal Zone Orama tonight. But I loved it. And I, and I know you will, too. It's uh, How does it rank with the other Ito books? It's on par with everything he's ever done. Uh, there wasn't a story that I escaped and felt, man, that, that was kind of weak. It's all good. Real good. Love to hear it. Yeah. You'll you'll enjoy it. Don't doubt it. What else do we have, you jackasses? Oh, jackasses. I, um, um, go ahead. You, by all means. I was... Well, because I know Vince is, you know, really hurting over uh, missing the, uh, the talk from last week, but I... 
continued to just devour uh, the next three Miles Morales collections. And um, this ends up wrapping up the um, all the stuff from Ultimate, Ultimate Comics, Ultimate Universe, uh, the Ultimate Line. Um, it's what what I these collections are good and bad because um, it's just collecting Spider-Man stuff, even and and the Cataclysm that miniseries. Anything with Spider-Man in the name it collects, but there are references made to other events that are happening during this time that you don't um, you're just hearing half of or 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 the wrap up to things uh like no idea how how you know the 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 civil war ends with uh, the ultimate universe with with hydra versus um versus shield and the fourth book ends with uh you know to be continued in secret wars and 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 that's fine but the um the the follow-up from the first two books that I, I i talked about last week the the third one um great responsibility collects ultimate comic spider-man numbers 23 through 28 the cataclysm miniseries one through three and ultimate spider-man number 200 and um for the most part the entire book is illustrated by um david marquez and he is absolutely phenomenal um and you know Jason just talked about him on the Batman Killing Time book. I know that he worked with Bendis again on, on the Justice League stuff. Um, and there are some serious things that happen in in this book. I mean, we're introduced to Taskmaster. That, that's, you know, serious enough. But uh, there are um, things that happen to supporting characters uh, like J. Jonah Jameson. And they face, uh, they're facing off against Roxanne because... Um, cloak and dagger introduced and bombshell and uh so we're figuring out or we're learning everybody else's story um miles actually um he the 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 second book or the third book kind of ends um with miles telling his father uh actually this happens in the cataclysm miniseries miles tells his father that he's Spider-Man and, um, and dad does not take that news. Well, um, threatening him and hitting him with the cane, but he, um, he, he also says some pretty harsh words because his knee jerk reaction is to blame miles for the death of miles, mother and, uh, completely unfair, completely not true. Um, but in the fourth book, ultimate end, we get, um, we pretty much get dad's backstory and, and, um, know where he, where where he's coming from with, with his brother, uncle Aaron, AKA the prowler. Uh, so, you know, dad's seen some shit and done some shit back in his day. Um, and miles doesn't necessarily do a fantastic job of keeping his identity secret. Um, now his friends are able to figure things out. He does tell his girlfriend, um, Katie Bishop, because he doesn't want to be 
a flaky guy. He doesn't want to be a guy who, who's always lying to his girlfriend or, or is always tired with no reason, with no excuse. And uh, so he just figures this is the best thing to do. And he, he basically he pulls all his his friends he, he you know ganky says it's a fucking horrible idea but the, you know he, he checks with cloak and dagger and 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 dagger definitely feels that miles can do better than katie calls her skank she's like you know, no just don't do it don't do it he goes to see um mary jane and and she says you know she's very glad that peter told her but yeah i mean they, they, they had their ups and downs as well um and so it was it was nice to see that kind of play out and him wrestle with with those uh with those demons um norman osborne the green goblin returns he wasn't actually dead it was just what shield told everybody uh and peter parker comes back because you know what's his spider-man story without clones so there's a lot going on in the um in the fourth book that wraps up the ultimate universe and this is this is the book where um things happen to J. John Jameson. Um, things are also a little convenient at times when um, when Betty Brant is on the hunt of exposing Spider-Man and um, runs into Jonah's office and, you know, demands that, listen, you're going to run this story. I'm going to get a raise. And and Jonah's like, I'm not I'm not going to run this story. I'm not going to ruin this family. I'm not going to ruin this kid. Um you know, and this is all fallout from Peter's death and uh, what Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, meant to these people and 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 this universe. And um, there's there's a lot that uh, there's some heavy things happening in in these books. Um, but Bendis does it all extremely well. There are characters that that you're actually that you're absolutely rooting for. There's characters that you want to see just the absolute worst happen to them um he's still i it, it just like i was saying last week i you just you you, you feel for miles he's a character you want to see succeed you want to see him win and you see i mean there are things like um spider woman jessica drew who i find out is is also a clone and and you know she's it looks like she's got her own issues with miles and but it, it's it's more of a big sister kind of you know more of a protective stance and um you get to see that come into play there is some weirdness when all throughout the early issues jefferson miles's dad um wears glasses and is clean shaven bald head and in the third and fourth book he's no glasses got a beard and 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 that's fine but then there's a couple of scenes where it looks like miles is going to visit his dad and 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 his dad's sleeping on the couch and he's like looks back he looks like he did back in the early days the fifth book the most recent one um that collects uh i'm sorry the the fourth one ultimate end just collects miles morales ultimate spider-man 1 through 12 the fifth one subtitled marvel universe collects the no adjective spider-man from 2016 the first 11 issues and this is primarily um sarah pacelli on art with uh, nico leone on a couple of uh, on a couple of issues um this one obviously after secret wars um it, it's uh, everything's kind of reset miles is mom is alive 
dad knows his secret. Mom doesn't. Um, Ganky does. But there are things like, you know, Judge, their roommate from Brooklyn Visions Academy, in the Ultimate books, he's he was their he he you know, he's their former roommate. Now that they're in the six one six, talks about them being you know a former roommate. Then Miles is wigging out because like he 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 forgets who Hydra is. Meanwhile, like that's a big part of the towards the end of of the ultimate run so it's it's kind of like you know dc with rebirth where it's like uh, i you know i don't you're picking and choosing but because of how i'm reading this because of how it's collected i'm the timeline's a little i don't really have a complete um picture of of what's what's good what's what's what i'm supposed to be following what i'm supposed to forget about and um but now that you know we're in the Marvel Universe with everybody else. It's all one big happy. Uh, that, that this is the way it's. It, we're, we're following it from now on. But the, the Marvel Universe book is he's um, it's dealing with. There are crossovers. You don't read the Civil War two stuff, but there's that the, that's evolved in NISC. Miles is an Avenger now. Um, he uh, faces Blackheart early on. He um, has conversations with Tony Stark and and it's it's it definitely feels different than the ultimate stuff um good and bad but it it's 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 a little bit of an adjustment um but bendis is still you know writing the character and and it it still feels like miles it's just miles in a in a different environment and that's that, that that's what takes him getting used to so i'm hoping with with the next book um we'll have a little bit more firmer ground and and um Maybe not as many tie-ins or crossovers for me to figure out what the hell I'm I'm missing here, but um, it's still yeah. I'm, I'm I cannot. I don't know when. I don't think the sixth book was solicited yet, but I I, I can't wait for it to to get here. It, it's I'm still having a blast with it. I, I I after I put the episode together last week, I started reading the the third book and finished it before the end of the night read the fourth one pretty much like on friday and then before saturday was over i think i finished the fifth one so i mean i just it, it's they are really they go down stupid easy and and it's and and marquez just packs so much on a page the art's been i, I talked about the art from the first two books last week it, it continues to be stunning i mean sarah's i think sarah's stuff when when he's in the marvel universe is stronger than her earlier stuff with the ultimate on the ultimate line but um marquez was just like a knocking it out of the park on 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 his ultimate run it was stunning absolutely fantastic but yeah i i um need more miles and and this format i'm i i absolutely love this format i'm glad you enjoyed it I am too. Nice. Where did he go? I'm right here. Oh, there you are. Right there. Hi. Just look at the calendar to see how many months until Vince reads this and gives a detailed account of it. I would say never. Uh-huh. Right after you got done talking about Fantastic Four. No, that's, that's right. there's 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 to, it's totally different. I would No, I'm I mean I'm not going to rain on your parade. I just I would never ever read that. 
I just I don't, I, I don't find the character at all compelling. Huh. No. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, yeah. He's great in the movie. I mean, the the Spider-Verse well, is, is a fun the, movie. But, the, but as, as as I said last year in Depths, uh, last week, the, the, the movie character is this Bendis character. Like, yeah. like after you, if you read these comics, you're like, oh... I'm like oh, this is just like the movie because yeah. the movie is based on like the movie oh, basically channeled Bendis. You know, I'm because, sure it is, but yeah. the 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 lure of the movie is are the outstanding visuals, right? That's why I went to see that movie or why I bought the Blu-ray because the the visuals are just impeccable. They're sure. it, it's it's almost a, a treatise on how to do an animated film right. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that came with the sequel. That's what got me in the door. But yeah, yep. so you got right, whatever. Yeah. Hey everybody, thank you for being here with us one more time around. If you would be so kind to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. Come join the family. We would absolutely positively love to have you. In your travels, I jumped into a time machine. And I'm gonna tell you how I did it. One of my all-time favorite eras in comics is the black and white boom of the early to mid '80s. That, that that was I was buying everything. Didn't matter. Publisher didn't care if it was black and white and it was new. I would buy it. Uh, preteen, dirty jean, kung fu kangaroos. Like yes, the the whole black and white boom was spearheaded and instigated by Eastman and Laird. But there was a lot of weird books coming out like people were trying everything to get that brass ring and one of the books that i absolutely loved on a multitude of levels was published by aircell remember aircell barry blair's mm-hmm. yep. aircell and then it got they i think they they combined with eternity and then malibu scooped them up and then once they got scooped up with malibu they just everything just petered out but the early days of aircell elf lord what elf lord was great um, but this this book came out from Aircell, and it's recently been well, recently by I think 2020 uh, been collected in omnibus format, hardcover. Actually, this came out in yeah 2020 hardcover omnibus format collects all of the stuff that the original creative team worked on, plus two issues that were never ever published. David, guess what book it is. Air Cell. Yeah. I will give you a hint. The covers were probably the most striking covers on the stands at the time of this book's publication. It's big talk. I'll just tell you. Go ahead. Warlock 5. Oh. Yes. Created by, well, written by Gordon Derry with art by Den Boat. Bouvaz, Bouvaz, I'm going to say Bouvaz, I'm going to say Bouvaz, whatever, Canadian. Um, and I was very reluctant to jump back in because I, I really adored this book back in the day. Uh, and, and mostly, primarily, almost exclusively because of uh, Dennis's art. He would He did this airbrush thing at a time when almost nobody was using airbrush. In, in comics, like it's a painstaking, complex, got to cut this damn frisket process. And but the results were super striking. Like there are panels where you would swear Peter sued 
illustrated them, like super um, de- detailed, continuous tone, like blended grays to the point where almost not quite, but very close to photorealistic on the textures and the the gradations. The the illustration, not so much. It's it's still he he's a realist, but um, you know he you could tell that it's not. Uh, stamped from life but whatever um and the the premise is is silly and almost you know you can almost discard the presence it's uh, the joy in this book is is primarily through the visuals it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh there's there's five uh cosmic gateways and each of these characters which are from either a parallel past or a parallel universe future and one of them is an android um they're like guardians of each one of these gateways but they hate each other uh they're always trying to destroy the other and they learn that that's not good because should one of the gateways go down everybody goes down and so they reluctantly they don't bond, but they 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 uh, sort of work together. They they hate each other. Well, not some of them do. Uh, two of them are are romantically linked. But uh, you have a, a sorceress from uh, the past. You have a dragon hybrid from the future. This guy he looks demonic in his in his uh, somewhat human form, but he has the ability to transform into a dragon. There's a, a a medieval sorcerer um, that rides George Romero style, uh, like a, a Harley. So you have a, a knight on a fucking motorcycle. It's just nuts. But like I said, the 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 drawback then and still today was the artwork. It is just amazing. It was odd and unique when it first came out, and it's odd and unique today. I mean, the book stands up visually. Like I said, the story, whatever. It's just an excuse to draw cool things. But um, man, is it cool. And uh, Cullen Bunn does the intro. And Cullen also did, I didn't read this yet, but I bought it. It's a revival of Warlock 5. The Return, Volume 1, by Cullen Bunn, Jimmy Z, Jeffrey Edwards, Andy Poole, and Ed Dukeshire. It's a thin little thing. Maybe it's, I don't even think it's 100 pages, but it was a Kickstarter. And Bun loves the original series, like I do, to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to bring it to contemporary readers. And he created this thing. And he's got one in the oven right now on Kickstarter because the sequel to this return is currently being Kickstarted as we speak. So if you like Warlock 5 and you're old like me and you bought it back in the day, this is just going to hit that sweet spot. If not, maybe you can stumble upon something you missed when you weren't born. Yeah. yeah? Uh, I, Very true. Yeah, the art on the the return is really awesome. Like, I, I'm sure he didn't stick too closely with the original premise because, to be honest, there's really not much there at all. You know, gateways, guardians, whatever. But um, the art on this new one is really, really nice. And it's hardcover as well. So, uh, but the Kickstarter that's running now is just for the first issue of the second part of Colin Bunn's take on it. 
So there you go, Warlock 5, check it out if you haven't. The the Omnibus is published by, and is the, the Revival are both published by Outland Entertainment, both of which are available on Amazon. And if you want to get in on the ground floor of the new thing, you got to go to Kickstarter or wait until it's done and published in a hardcover volume like this new one. So there you go, Warlock 5. Great, great, great stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's that's nice throwback. Appreciate that. Respect. Covers covers were great. Yeah. There there was a, a a a part where they and there's a new uh cover on the omnibus by Dennis that's just amazing. He has not lost a single step in between the original series and, and in fact he's got even better. But the the covers they showed a group shot on on the first issue and then on the second issue this is, uh, was another thing but then they started doing character centric covers like DC did that one month where they just had yep. a then they did all five oh my god the covers are just gorgeous yeah I think you can get the original issues for like really cheap in the back issue bins like they're probably in dollar or less boxes I would guess but the original creative team did not last for the entire run like I think the, origi- the the first series went twenty two issues, and I just said this is fifteen issues. So something's not there. But you know what? You're really not missing anything by not reading the stuff that came after. Yeah, you're getting pretty much a complete story just here. I wouldn't go that far. But okay. <laughs> more comp- Yeah, it, it it it's not tied up in a little bow, but yeah, you, okay. you get everything you need. the The story is not why you come to this book. It's, right. it's it's the art. Uh, first, I have to shout out um, an awesome human being, uh, Mr. Dan Bryan, who we met the first time at Emerald City last year, and he made his way out to Heroes a couple months ago, so we got to hang with him for a few minutes there as well. Um, he sent me a box of some phenomenal uh, uh, books, like... Um, the uh, hardcover tales of the Batman, uh, the Carmine Infantino issues. He sent me the six issues of Ronin. I've got some DC Comics presents in here. I've got some Marvel team up in here. I've got a couple of issues of the 1984 magazine from Warren. Um, some Justice League, some Teen Titans, and and the the, the Giffen De Mateus Justice League. I cannot wait to. Um, it, it was like just it instantly just brought me back to uh to buying books from off off the rack off the newsstand um and 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 going through back issue bins in in later years it it's just a flood of 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 nostalgia hit me when i opened up the box so thank you so much for that mind your travels uh is a shout out to our boy ray um he uh he sent me his extra copy of Dynamite Diva One-Eyed Wild Ride, and it is an absolute blast. It was published by Strangers Fanzine. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to get it anywhere. I think a couple places that did have it uh, sold out. There are pull quotes on here, like from Jaime Hernandez, who says, uh, he's 20 years old. We will see, you know, how long before he burns out. The he is uh, Jasper Jubenfeld. He is maybe 21 he there was an interview with the comics journal and as of uh may 16th 2022 uh 
to say he's 21 years old, and uh, I cannot wait to see what happens as this kid gets older. Um, Dynamite Diva is an eye patch wearing badass. Uh, she takes no shit. She uh, delivers justice hard. Um, has no bones about killing anybody. Uh, well, those who deserve it, I should say. She has, she has no problem killing anybody who deserves it. Uh, ragtag rogues gallery. Um, just an absolute mess. Some of the stories, it's an anthology of sorts, and a lot of the stories are um, definitely um, take you all over the place. Uh, Diva's not... She's not hard as as she's she's definitely got some feelings she's you know there there's there, there's a particular story where she has to take on a mo- where she has to put a monster down and um the monster is only a monster because he was abused by the people who turned him into a monster when all he wanted was and and he was after family also because they killed the love of his life so um you know, it was he, he wasn't just a mindless beast who was just killing people. He was, he was out for revenge. Um, and she understood that and she was empathetic. So um, there's there's some nudity from time to time. There's some clothes ripping off. Uh, there's some guy on girl, guy on guy, girl on girl sex all within the same strip. Um, there's a uh, there's a story that um, or at least a couple of panels that uh, looks like um, mocks or at least uh, borrows from the events of um, of January 6th. Uh, and, and she's just going to town on everybody there too. Um, it's, it's great. I, I, I thank you Ray for, for sending it to me. Um, pissed that uh, I missed the Kickstarter, but um there's some pinups here by a bunch of folks, and it is just, it's it's crazy. It's bonkers. The art is is fantastic. It's it's got an indie feel. There's uh, kind of um, it it in a style similar of uh, just a goal to 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 a degree. You, you get kind of a Dick Tracy feel. Actually, that is also one of the uh, one of the polo dynamite diva is like a hot dick tracy um but i i i had an absolute blast with it and i i, I was just jumping all over the place because it there's like these these fake ads there's um there's this little like one page gags and some strips here and there um it's fantastic if if, if you can get your hands on it i absolutely recommend you to it it's it's got a matte embossed cover uh it's it's just it blew me away. I, I, I absolutely, um, this is one of the reasons why I love comics so much. It's just, it's craziness on a page and, and there's, uh, there's not a damn thing wrong with it. So if, if, uh, if you can get your hands on it, Dynamite Diva, and this, and this collects, um, a bunch of the, uh, bunch of the issues that, that, that Jasper had, uh, released over the years in, uh, the last three or so years, uh, issue number one, Two, three, uh, Dynamite Diva at the drive-in, the pinup collection. There's, there's a bunch. It's, it's just over 200 pages, and it's, it's totally worth it. So yeah, grab it if you can. Yeah, this is definitely the it book of the moment. This is like uh, a few months ago when Santos Sisters was everybody was talking about this. this yeah, 
This is that book that everybody's being like, you got to get it. I don't have it yet. But <laughs> I'm looking for it. <laughs> so, But I suspect given the uh, the landslide of positive momentum it's getting, we might see another print of it maybe. We'll see. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, word up. Well, in your travels, um, I just want to shout out two, uh, two Marvel books um, because... Uh, I think they're hella good. I, you know, I was not, it was certainly well done, but I wasn't really vibing with the last volume of Black Panther in space. It, it, it again, it was well done. I'm not, I'm not going to like criticize it just, but for me, it wasn't, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, but I'm always going to give Black Panther a try at every iteration. Um, and John Ridley has really started to make his mark in in both both parts of the big two. Um, you know, Deb and I talked about the other history of the DC universe, uh, which he helmed as well over at DC. But but John Ridley took over uh, with the relaunch of Black Panther. We've got eight issues at this point. I read all eight issues this week, and uh, I thought it was awesome. Um, it was like an I mean, I could see this as a film as I was reading it. Um, the the premise is Black Panther is T'Challa is back from space, um, but for reasons we don't have to get into here since it's in your travels, Wakanda is uh, taking a stab at being a, de- a de- democracy. He is not a, he he is king like titular king like you would have like the Queen of England, but he doesn't have any power anymore. Um, and there is a a legislative body and a prime minister who are running things. And uh, things aren't going well. And, uh, you know, because he is king and he's used to ruling definitively and with uh, clarity, he's getting pretty fed up, you know, with how things are going. But but he promised that he would abdicate. So he's abdicated. But the this is basically this first eight issues was one big arc. It was essentially a giant espionage flick where, um, in essence, T'Challa, at an earlier point in his time... Um, when Wakanda decided to uh, open itself up to the world and become less secretive, he he put in a contingency because he wasn't sure if he could trust uh, other world powers for sure. Uh, so he put a contingency in where he basically put deep sleepers, uh, sleeper agents all over the world. Um, and these were some of the, the best, his most trusted people. And he had them go and live lives in other parts of the world and just uh, essentially just, just be at the ready should they ever need them to, uh, to act. And to this point, he hasn't needed them. But, um, but the, the, the series opens up with two of, there's eight of them, uh, with two of the eight meeting up because they're having a bit of an affair, which is a no-no, by the way. And, uh, and one of them gets killed. So clearly someone has gotten wind of these sleeper agents and is now hunting them down. And so he feels all kinds of guilty about this, and he uh, enlists the help of a bunch of uh, of his of his peeps, including you know his sister Shuri and 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 some others, to try and um, get to the sleeper agents before they get got. Uh, and he bounces over the world doing it. And we meet them, and and there's all kinds of hijinks and trying to figure out who who's behind it, who could possibly know who they are, how would they have found out the information, why are they trying to kill them, what's their motivation. Uh, and it's just gripping. It's nonstop. It's gripping. It's it's well. It's really well paced, and it's also really logical. And even to the point where 
and this is a bit of a spoiler, but I can't see that it's a spoiler. It's going to really bother anybody. Um, Gentle, who is, uh, you know, he's one of the the mutants. He's he's a pretty common. He's been in he's been in the X Men books now for a long time. Um, he is Wakandan, as as some of you listening may know. And um, there is there was a time in his story where he was essentially exiled from Wakanda for being a mutant. And it made it out to look like T'Challa was a bit of a, like a a mutant, like a racist type of thing. And so when T'Challa rolls to uh, see Storm, who's his wife to, uh, well, his estranged wife, but, but nevertheless still his lover uh, to, to elicit some help gentles there and he flips out and he's like you know get this motherfucker away from me you know uh, like this this you know i don't want to see him he fucking exiled me maybe i can't go home tomorrow. well it turns out fucking and kudos to ridley because obviously he didn't he had nothing to do with the original story that that, that banished gentle from wakanda he wraps it in where, where gentle's one of the fucking sleeper agents so like after this big blow up there's a scene where T'Challa and Gentle are like just alone, and Gentle's like, "Did I do a good job? Did they believe it?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, everybody believed it." And he, he was placed by T'Challa to fucking spy on the on Krakoa, and it's like it's like, you know, the thing I love about T'Challa in the Marvel comics is that he is just the ultimate fucking, like he just he's always ten steps ahead, yep. and he's devious as fuck, you know, and so. This is really about that and trying to unpeel the mystery of why these who's trying to kill the sleeper agents and and. During the midst of it, T'Challa is branded a traitor by the new government. So he's on the run. He doesn't have his country at his back for the first time. And he's feeling hella guilty because he blames himself for all of this happening. And uh, and it's just really well done, I have to say. Um, I mean, the art was middling. Um, it starts off well with Juan Cabal, um, who does the first few issues. But he moves on, and it's, uh, it's taken over by... Um, uh, Stefano Landini, and it's okay. It's it, but the art is definitely not like you know. It's, it's it's just like standard superhero art, which would be a little bit a little bit of dig I would give it. But overall, I thought the eight issues were just awesome and really really solid stuff. And I could see it being a movie. I mean, it was just that well executed. And, and then the other one, and I'll be much quicker here, um, is Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty. I mentioned really enjoying the first issue of both that and Captain America: um, Symbol of Truth. Uh, the Symbol of Truth is the um, the uh, Sam Wilson book and the Sentinel of Liberty is the Steve Rogers book. Um, both of those comics have had three issues now. I have to say, if you would have asked me before they came out which one I would have bet on liking more, I would have bet on the Sam Wilson book just because I, I like that character more generally. But but through three issues, I'm much more uh, gripped by the Sentinel of Liberty, the Steve, issue, the Steve Rogers book. Uh, it's written by a, a pair of writers, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Colin with Kelly, um, yes. Yeah, and an amazing art by Carmen Carnero, but uh, we're introduced to a new, um, you know, shadow group, shadow organization uh, called the the Outer Circle, and uh, essentially it ties into Steve's uh, shield being a symbol of that, and that he was basically um, created to be the uh, the. Uh, the, the agent, the, you know, the tip of their spear, obviously it didn't end up going that way, but that was the intent back in the day. Um, we, we get a little backstory. We find out the, the person who creates the shield, um, which is new news. And, uh, and it's pretty gripping. It's, it's gripping stuff. And, and um, I, I mean, yes, 
this isn't the first time Steve Rogers has had to deal with an under a shadow organization that's secretly ruling things. Certainly, uh, that's a pretty common trope for Captain America comic. But but I am intrigued. I think it's well done. There's there's five leaders of the of the outer circle that that coincide with the five points of a star, and they each have their own shti. We we only see them in shadows in this, so it kind of leaves you with the whole getting the band back together. Like, who are these? Do we know these? Do we know who these villains are? Are these new villains? So I'm here for it. I, I really thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm super, super gripped by the whole development. Can't wait for uh, to see how this unfolds in this first arc. So yeah, so big, big, uh, big ups to Marvel. I'm, I'm not, I'm not often kind to Marvel these days, so I, I got to give love for it when I see it. Warm and fuzzy, right? Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. Remember the Patreon.com, Limited Clock Comics, uh, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all over the place. Like horse poop. And there go the dogs go again. Wow, they're all wound mm-hmm. up. Uh, go buy some comics, eat some good food, drink some good stuff, and then come back next week, and we'll be waiting for you. And you know what you're going to say when you come back next week? Not till the end, though. You're not going to say at the beginning. You're going to say at the end. No, and that's baguette. You're going to say goodnight. Crap. Wood does not produce good sounds. I don't? No. (laughs) Dude, the wood. Wood, the actual material of wood. Jesus. That spotlight never leaves him. It's always there. But you're salty. No, David. I would never call you wood. That's rude. True. You don't ever do that. No. Many people do that. See, he's on it. My cosmic, uh, my cosmic chronosphere is plugged in and ready, <laughs> and has been. Dude, I can't believe you're about to turn sixty. What? In three years? <laughs> Close enough. Oh, Lord. Enough. <laughs> Jesus Start digging the grave it. now. Nice. I'm there stoked you. that we're going to go to Tokyo for your 60th and my 50th, though. It's going to be lit. Yes, I would love to. Let's Bro, see. start making plans. we got pl- we got two and a half years to make this happen. Yeah. Yep. Woo-woo. All right, everybody. We can't do it. N- not a single one. I mean, you might need a cane, but... <laughs> yeah, and I'll jam it up your ass. How about that? <laughs> This is my friend David. This is Pogo Stick over here. His name Jason. Jason San. Or Jason Chan. All right, we're out of here. Goodbye. We love you. Say goodnight. Tell them we love them. Yeah, we do a lot. Yep. Tons. I mean, most of you. Ah. Uh, you, you, you know who you are. It's, it's done. You've ruined it. <laughs> ruined. Ruined it, Kenny. You've ruined it. That's it for that one. <laughs>